Welcome to La Casa Blanca Podcast. I'm your host today, Brendan. Again, soloing. Oh, is not feeling well again. And so we have a UCL match tomorrow. Big deal. Right now, the focus, because being, I believe it is eight points back of Barcelona in La Liga, Real Madrid find themselves. Still fighting for the league, but the priority for the league is still high, but it probably has taken a back seat at this point to probably Copa, because that's very obtainable. Have two games against Barcelona. That is going to push us for that, because we are going to want to beat Barcelona, and then when you're in a final, you don't lose, you don't you don't go into a final looking to lose. And before I even get to you know the Liverpool match, Castilla, top of Segunda Bay, and I believe they've changed the name of it. Um, Segunda RFEF, I believe is what they call it now, or maybe it's La Liga 1-2-3. I'm not even sure because... But Castilla, 2-0 win yesterday, and they find themselves top of Group 1 on 48 points, not having lost in their last five as Alcorcon drops points on match day 24. So Castilla wins 2-0. I tuned into that game for the first half, and Castilla were up 1-0. But they still have a decent way to go. There are five teams within seven points of each other looking to get to first. And Cordoba has dropped points in their last five, and they find themselves at 41. They were fighting for the title. Uh, Deportivo La Coruña in third, having not lost in their last five either, racing Ferrell. At not having lost in their last five. Celta de, de Vigo 2 in 6th place. Only dropping points in one of their last five. So, group 1 in the old Segunda Bay. Castilla is looking good. You know, just I just want to throw this out there. You know, if Carlo leaves at this point, I'm, I'm Team Raul. He has two losses, 13 wins, nine draws in a tough division. You know, doing it down there isn't easy, um, especially with a bunch of kids playing against a bunch of grown men. Um, yeah, they beat the seventh place team who had won three in a row, and they did it at home, which is usually quite normal in. Um, their division, usually teams at home, tend to win. Um, but only having two draws. With 14 games to go. It's looking good for Castilla. And if that team can get to La Liga 2, Segunda, that would be good for all parties involved. Renier Jesus... Eve, it would have been a good place for him if they can get to Segunda. Would have been a good place for Kubo, even though both these players are playing in 
Primera, there's a big difference between Segunda B and Segunda. There's a bigger jump between Segunda B and Segunda than there is between Primera and Segunda. Segunda is still a fantastic, fantastic league. Um, where usually the teams that end up coming up and not being being promoted, they usually don't get relegated, at least in my experience, um, off the top of my head. And, you know, when looking at Segunda, um, 22 teams. Malaga, a big name, spent a lot of time uh, in Primera, made a Champions League semifinal, lost to Dortmund. Um, Sporting Gijon, also there, Oviedo, Zaragoza, um, Huesca, Tenerife, Leganes, Albacete, Granada, Ibar, Levante, Alaves, Las Palmas. All names that stick out to you in La Liga 2 is now what they're calling it. And in Segunda or La Liga 2, you play 42 matches instead of 38. Um, they did a little change in their shuffling of it. But back to the important things. We have a UCL game tomorrow against Liverpool. Real Madrid are five, three, five wins, three losses, and one draw against Liverpool in their lifetime. Um, two and one in finals. Haven't lost to Liverpool since 0809. Um, based on the research I have looked at. So, some key points, in my opinion, are going to be Vinicius versus Trent. Needs to take advantage of the high line that Liverpool is going to play, and he has kind of had his way with Trent over the years. He scored in the final because of Trent's poor back post defending. Um, in 2020, year 2021, he had a brace in leg one, and he didn't assist the third goal, but his run made Trent make a mistake, which led to Asensio's goal for the 3-1 win in leg one in 2020-2021 under Zinedine Zidane. Um, that being said, there are some major talking points other than just Vinicius. Um just to start with Liverpool, they've had some injury issues this year. I believe they're getting them back, though. VVD was on the bench against um, Newcastle. You can probably expect him to start. Uh, Luis Diaz is back in training. Jota and Firmino are back, from my understanding. But it seems that Darwin Nunez might miss the match because of a shoulder injury which means probably one of Jota or Firmino will get the start on that end. Um, VVD is a big return for them. He's been a key player for a long time at Liverpool, and he seems to hold the defense together. Um, I'm trying to get to info goal so I can look at some stats just to talk about Liverpool specifically. Um, one another key area is the midfield, which I um as you guys know, if you listen uh to this podcast regularly, 
I have been against, um, I have been against Cruz and Modric starting, especially together. But in this Liverpool game, I do believe that they should start together. Um, just because I think that their ability to this Liverpool midfield is kind of old. I assume it'll be Henderson, Fabinho, and that young kid, um, Vajestic, or however you say his last name. Um, I think that they, Cruz and Madras can control the tempo, they can dictate the game, and they will break their press quite easily, and that's something that will help. Um, Liverpool have looked much better over their last two. I watched both games, Everton and Newcastle. Um, Newcastle, the XG was quite even, but Newcastle ended up getting a red early after already being down. I believe it was 1-0 or 2-0 at the time. Um, Apparently Klopp, based on the Liverpool people I've talked to and seen, Klopp has been changing... um, his system around lately, his players around, he's tried to figure out who to put on the left without Mane being there. So both Gakpo and Nunez have kind of played on that side, seeing who's a better fit. It seemed that Nunez was the better fit for the time being. Um, but he's been switching between systems and players. But it seems like he's kind of gone back to the 4-3-3, which he trusts with his gig and pressing, which is something that... Um, I will get into right now is just the fact that Liverpool's gig impressing has statistically speaking been one of the worst that they've had in some time. Um, uh, also, I, from my understanding, uh, getting Jota back is key for them because he might be sloppy, but he creates havoc and wins a lot of headers, especially in the box. Um, uh, Firmino also still holds importance because they haven't really replaced him properly. I think they expected Jota to be that guy, and now they expect Gakpo to be that guy because, you know, the prototype is more like Firmino than an actual nine, but, you know, was missing out on Holland probably a big deal. He probably would fit their system quite well. Um especially because he's got the legs. Are they missing Mane? Um, You're always going to miss a player like Sadio Mane, um, but Sadio Mane was on the decline. I don't think it was necessarily wrong for them to let him go at the time. Um, So I think it was the correct decision. I probably would have let Mo Salah go as well just because that is the way that I look at that situation is it's better to get money for a player, which they didn't get money for Mane, but, or they wouldn't have gotten money for Salah because he was on a free as well. Actually, they got money for Mane. Sorry, I misspoke there. Um, Salah would have left for free. And because Salah would have left for free, I guess it was smart to re-sign him. But I would have sold him two seasons ago and kind of started this rebuild around something different. Uh, you know, maybe put an emphasis on just, I would have just 
rejuvenated the midfield and attack. I think they could have used it. Um, I don't really think Diego Yot does that good. I do think Cody Gakpo is going to be good. I do think Darwin Nunez is going to be good. Um, but they still heavily rely on Mohamed Salah, which is not really something that I... Not really something that I um, believe is where he should be right now. I would have let him go for a good price two seasons ago um, and just kind of retold. And we can kind of see that with the way they've been struggling this year. Um, So Liverpool has – this is just in the Premier League. They have a 48.2 – XG and they've only scored 38 goals, but they do have a 37.7 XGA and have only conceded 28. We're going, that's because of Alisson is a great goalkeeper. And the 37.7 is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 9th worst. So, you know, one of the worst in the Prem. Uh, but their their XG goals for is actually a forty eight point two, um, and their XG their goal differential because of the significance between you know they're essentially underperforming goals scored by ten and underperforming or overperforming goals allowed by ten, so it kind of washes itself. Um, so their XD XGD, which is an expected goal differential, is a ten point five, which really which, you know, puts them at pretty solid for the league. Um, And, you know, when you look at the league, XGD, uh, Man City, 30.8. Their goals, their XG is a 54.9. Their XGA is a 24.1. And they've scored 60. Um, Which is part of the reason why I was talking to some friends. I think that they will just go on to win the league. Um, just because they're just producing insane amounts of uh, expected goal differential. A um, little off topic here, but Man United, 9.7 uh, XG differential. Not really, you know, for them flying so high. Um, and they're performing their XG. They're barely overperforming their XGA. It's not really like they are... <laughs> over the top or under, you know, it's just kind of normal. Um, another point just to talk about, um, their press wasn't as good as last year, which I talked about. Um, Gakpo and Nunez, they're not pressing as well as they probably should be based on, you know, you went from Mane, Firmino, and Salah to Gakpo, Nunez, and, um, Salah and you know Salah was never really that big of a presser, but Mane and uh, Firmino both did a lot of pressing uh, for them, and you're you're essentially having a drop in the press, which you know is going to prove problematic. Um, also, part of the problem is this Liverpool team hasn't really evolved under Klopp. They've kind of kept this same midfield, kept the same mentality. I believe the last time they invested in a midfielder was Thiago, which I think came in like 20... I don't know when he came. 2018, maybe? I'm going to look it up. Um, He came to Liverpool in 
2020, sorry. Um, but still, been there for three years. Hasn't really made as much of an impact as he did at Bayern. Hasn't made as much of an impact as he did at Barcelona. Um, I don't really know if the Prem really suits his style, but that's a different point. Um, but they haven't invested in midfielders. Uh, and they haven't, they've invested in attackers, but are they the right attackers? I don't know. Uh, Klopp's going to go down with this ship. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't see him getting replaced. Um, I think they'll end up playing a 4-3-3, probably VVD with Matip, but I would play Konate because I think he's better. Um, Trent and Robertson, obviously, at the wingbacks. Henderson, Fabinho, and then I don't know who will play that other midfield role. Um, the kid has been getting a lot of chances, but I'm not sure. And then up top, I expected it to be Gakpo, Nunez, and Salah. But if Nunez is out, which isn't confirmed Yet, if Nunez is it out, it'll probably be Firmino, Gakpo, and um, Salah. Uh, as I talked about, Vinny versus Trent is going to be a big one, and then the midfield is going to be a big one. Um, and yeah, so try to take advantage of the high line. Um, a different point of view, or a different point of view, a different point to talk about is: is this the only way into UCL for? Liverpool, obviously the answer is no, but realistically speaking, can they get into the position that they need to be to uh, make a Champions League spot? So they're on 35 points. Tottenham are in fourth with 42 points. Um, That is a seven-point gap between the two teams. And I do think they can make it up, but I do think the best chance for them is to try to win the UCL. And Klopp, I believe, knows that too. Um, Brighton's above them, who is performing right along the lines of their XG, XGA. Um, Fulham is above them, who is not. Their XGD is a negative 10. They've conceded 30 goals from 45 and a half um, XGA. I don't even know who Fulham's keeper is, but he must be freaking insane. Or they're not giving up a they're giving up good a lot of quantity shots, but not a lot of quality shots. Um, Fulham did beat Brighton over the weekend, on oh, five shots to twenty one. Um, oh, it's Leno. That's why he's a good keeper. Um, so he's clearly overperforming. They're overperforming. So I do think they can drop jump Fulham. They are a better team than Brighton. Um, I do think they could jump Brighton. Newcastle United, they did just beat. Um, they're six points back from Newcastle United. I do think they can jump them. And then Tottenham, I think they can jump them. I even think if they weren't 14 points back of Manchester United, I think they could catch them. Manchester United right now is very on a hot streak, and I think that they'll they'll I think they're gonna end up good top four. Um but if they don't, they'll get like fifth, sixth. Like they're going to be in Europa at the very worst. So they'll still be in Europe um, making some sort of money. And now into the Real Madrid um, side of things. I, I said what I think are the keys to winning the tie. It's the midfield and Vinicius. And arguably even getting the best version of Benzema that we can. Um, and the subs. Having Ceballos, Camavinga, Rodrigo, whoever it is on the bench. We know that... Chuameni and Cruz had the flu over the weekend or were sick. I know Cruz had the flu. Chuameni was sick. But a big point for that would just be if they're healthy, they're going to start. Um, Chuameni, Madrid, Cruz, um, they're going to be who you should expect to start in midfield. At least that's who I expect. Um, 
And honestly, I do think they're the best option right now for this against Liverpool. Um, if Cruz is out, I think it should be Ceballos. And if Chuamani's out, I think it should be Kamavinga. Um, the problem there is that you're really draining your bench for um, part of the, you know, the bench players were a big part of the UCL winning squad last year. Rodrigo, Fede moving into midfield, Kamavinga coming off the bench, um, Ceballos last year, all big, big players last year. Um, that being said, though, I do think you can get something, you know, call up Arribas, Castilla don't have a midweek game, call up Alvaro, um, you know, so if you wanted to, you could start Rodrigo and still potentially get some uh, energy from the bench from Alvaro and Arribas. Um, but I think the starting lineup, if everyone's healthy, that's supposed to be healthy, um, Mendy's going to miss. It's going to be Courtois, Carvajal, Militao, Rudiger, Alaba, Chuomeni, Madrid, Cruz, Fede on the right, Benzema, uh, Vinicius, Rodrigo will sub in for um, one of the midfielders, and then Cruz will, or Fede will probably drop in the midfield. Kamavingo will probably get subbed on. Ceballos will probably get subbed on. Bring on some energy. Alvedo will probably come on for Benz at some point as well. I would suspect, um, just because he's played well when he's been asked. Um, beyond that, Real Madrid has been in good form. Um, just you know, played well at the weekend um, against Asasuna, who's a good team. Uh, played well against Elche, who's bottom of the table. Played against a, good against Al Hala, defensively not great. Played good against Al Ali, but you know, four game win streak. Tough schedule coming up. You got Liverpool, Atleti, Barca, Betis, Espanyol, who should not be slept on, even though they're lower in the table. I don't know if it's at the Bernabeu. I think it is though. Yes, at the Santiago Bernabal, so that should be an okay game. Espanyol is usually really tough at home. Um, Liverpool again, Barcelona, Valladolid, Barcelona again, Villarreal, Cadiz, Celta Vigo, Girona, Almeria. So, you know, it lightens up after the second leg of Copa, but after that second leg of Copa, if we advance, there's going to be midweek games of Champions League in there, whoever we draw. Um, so, important to... Just keep this form. This is this is the months that Real Madrid usually kick into gear. February, March, April, May. Those are the months that Real Madrid usually thrive. And this is when we turn up. This is when we this is when the season really starts. Um and again, as I said, can still catch Barcelona, who eight points back, they've won I don't know how many in a row, like fifty in a row. Um in the league. Because obviously they tied Man United. Um, we we want them to beat Man United. We want them to beat Man United. We want them playing as many games as possible if we want to catch them. Dream scenario, Barcelona makes Europa League final and loses. Barcelona makes Europa League semifinals and loses. That's dream scenario here. Um, we want them to play as many games as possible because we're going to be playing as many games as possible. I believe that's all. Key points, Vinicius... Cruz Modric, for me, those are the key points. And the bench mob, Rodrigo, uh, whoever comes off the, off the bench, it's got to be it's got to be big. And I'm not saying that you should play for the bench, but you know it's kind of like turned in. You know, football's turned into like the NBA in that sense that you, if you don't have a good bench with the five sub rule, like 
you're going to get cooked. Like, you need good subs. Five subs can change the game because you can essentially switch out half your starting 10 outfield players for position players. So important to have a solid bench. And I'm not saying that you should be like, okay, well, let's start Odrizola and then we'll bring on Carvajal. Like, no. I mean, you could start Nacho but and then bring on Carvajal. Um, but the point being... You need to have a good 11, and then you need to have an even better bench. Like Carlos said, it's not who starts the game, it's who finishes the game. And that is facts. And also something I do want to point out is that Cruz and Modric have not been good off the bench this year. So start them while guys like Ceballos, Fede, uh, Kamavinga have all been good off the bench this year. Those are all my thoughts on the upcoming UCL draw. Or draw UCL first leg, Menana. Holland Madrid and Automaz, like, share, and subscribe. Go follow us on Twitter at La Casa Blanca Pod. Go follow us on TikTok at La Casa Blanca Pod. Thank you for listening. Holland Madrid and Automaz.